Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 128. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Uh, we just had someone knock at the door. It is 9, 12 p.m. Eastern time. I guess it doesn't matter. For this story, it does not matter what time, what time zone it's in. But it's 9, 12. The person knocked at the door at 8, 45 p.m. It was a door-to-door salesman. It was what is even a salesman? It was Amnesty International looking to kind of like hook you into a monthly subscription so they can get money to help people in need. Uh, I just was taken aback at the time that they came to the door. Eight forty-five for door-to-door. What are you doing? Eight forty-five. That's a rough one. Eight forty-five. Who's doing that? Locking at the door, going like, "Wow, they'll, they'll definitely be home." Yeah, people are going to sleep at that time. 8.45 at night. I know that that may not sound late to you, listener, and it's not to me, but my wife already had, like, her mask on, and she's getting settled in for bedtimes. That That's it. She's going to sleep. Anyone over the age of, like, 50 is definitely asleep. Oh, just about. Yeah, it seems that way. I don't know. I, I, for me, like, I feel like all that stuff, telemarketing, the cutoff should be 7 p.m. That's it. Anything later than 7 p.m., it's a no-go. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you dinner time. It makes sense to show up. We'll be there for dinner time. Although, again, we're like an elderly couple. We eat at like 4.35 o'clock. It's ridiculous. Um, but I, I get that. But after that, come on, give me my night and don't come harassing my door. Plus, I have a dog who's now sitting in front of the door just waiting for something to happen so he can lose his mind again. Because he just starts barking and he doesn't necessarily stop. <laughs> Poor Marshall. Yeah, And he can be quite loud. Although my kids, credit to them, do not wake up. It's I don't know how they do it, but they don't wake up. Okay, well uh, you lucked out in that regard, I guess. That's right. What's going on with you, my friend? Uh, not too much. So first week of the spring semester, two classes down so far, going pretty good. So far, so good. No complaints yet. We'll see how it goes. Right on. Spring already, huh? Just like pff, you get two weeks of winter, and you're all good for get those flowers out. Just because it goes to the spring, right? That's just what it is, man. There's a fall and spring semester with the intercession in the middle. I I, I don't know. I didn't make the rules here. Just screw winter. (laughs) I like Um, it. I'm fine with that. I like like six weeks of winter. I'm just stuck here with the six months of winter in Canada. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. I like, again, I like winter sports and stuff, but like at a certain point when we have our minus 40 weeks, not a big fan of that. No, I don't think anyone's really a big fan of minus 40. And uh, I don't know what the conversion is to Fahrenheit, but I'm sure it's, it's not good. It's minus 40. Oh, it's the, okay. Minus 40 it's, is minus 40. It, yeah. 
I did. I I've done the conversion, so I I know. Well, I don't know what to say to that. Do you have an addition? <laughs> okay, so edition 128. What we like to do is for every edition over 100, we try to find a player who's played that many number of games for the New York Islanders. P.S. I think that's the most succinct way I've ever introduced this gimmick. It did. It only took about 28 tries. <laughs> Thank you. And like how many tries before that, right? At the other gimmick. Uh, so today I picked, uh, let me get the name right, because, you know, we, we know all of our players here. We know them all by heart. It's Jason Krog, mm. your boy, Jason Krog. I know you guys go way back. Same okay. trope I use every time. Uh, so this is a Jason Krog edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Later on in the show, I will ask you three questions about him. Two very easy, one not so easy question. And uh, just see how much you know about your boy. I look forward to it, Mitch. This episode is going to be a little bit different because we don't have any new games to talk about. So uh, we're just going to get roll right into it. Islanders on the All-Star break and then on their bye week. So very quiet over here. So let's start by talking about the All-Star game. We have the skills competition, the game itself. Where do you want to start here? The skills competition because that's the only thing that mattered. Yeah, I mean, especially for us who cover the Islanders, Matt Barzell winning fastest skater, not too bad. Connor McDavid, who? Although, to be fair, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, Daver, just uh, gifted Zach Cassian a three point two million dollar extension over. Was it five years he got? Uh, I think it was four or five. I don't remember off the top of my head. Four or five sounds right, though. It's just he got a Cal Clutterbuck contract. Is what he got because he plays with Connor McDavid. It's insane. It's insane. But that's what the guy does for you. But Matthew Barzell is now faster than he is. Even though Connor McDavid has won the competition three times in a row prior to this, Matthew Barzell said, lol, what? Watch this, sucker. And supposedly Barzell said after the fact that he doesn't think he could do a better lap. Like, he thought that was the best lap he could do. Which is... I don't doubt that. Uh, he had his own skate sharpeners there uh, to give him the edge that he wants, not just the whoever was there for the All-Star game, which is an advantage when it comes to that kind of thing. You know, when you're perfectly comfortable on your skates, you don't have to worry about pulling a Miro Hiskinen. <laughs> um, but if, who knows, man? Like, I know when I when he first played, or sorry, first played, when he first went to the All-Star game last year, I thought, he's a fast guy. He could win it. And a lot of people are saying, no, nah, he's not that quick. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, he didn't. So you're like, all right, that's fine. I think he finished third that year behind Jack Eichel and, and McDavid. Uh, but then this year, he totally, I shouldn't say dominated, but he won by uh, Connor McDavid healthy margin, right? Like 0. 0.4, what is it? 0. 0.04 hundredths of a second? I think so. It was like 3.17 maybe, and then like 3.2. One. one five, I think it was, yeah. yeah. So yeah, point zero four hundredths of a second, <laughs> not much. Like uh, razor thin margins is what it took to beat Connor McDavid. But that's all that counts. He won. No, he did. And uh, to me, that was the highlight of All Star Weekend. Is one seeing our guy and the skills competition, like we said, because uh, well, it's a better product than the All Star game. Oh my god, it was so bad. It, the All-Star game was so bad. They were on slow motion. They they clearly don't care and everybody knows it. That's the thing. Usually when you watch a broadcast that is low quality and like the broadcasters know it's going to be a low quality broadcast, they're not saying it's low quality. They're not going to say that the guys aren't trying. But NBC did everything except say they're not trying. They 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 
pulled every synonym they could. The effort isn't perfect, but it's good. You know, that was my best Doc Emmerich voice. Uh, but and then even that, I, was it Brian Boucher? I think at one point said like players don't care. Going, <laughs> that's wild. You don't think that they would ever say that? But he's right. They don't give a boop about the game. No, they they really don't. And it was obvious. I think that it looks like they're going at quarter speed over this thing. And uh, well, the only game that I really <laughs> it just took a swig of this whiskey that he said he didn't like off the air, and I was surprised he's taking another swig and he made a face, which was really funny. I'm I'm having some throat issues. I think I'm catching another cold, and so I'm trying to burn any. Well, this is my version of a, my home remedy. I'm trying to burn any sick germs in my throat, and I'm drinking this the cheapest whiskey my wife could find at the store, and it's really gross. <laughs> So as I was trying to explain about the Metropolitan versus Atlantic game, I just saw that visual. It was very funny. So I, <laughs> my bad. Nonetheless, Matt Barzell was the only one who, like, tried a little bit. Yeah, he's putting on moves all over the place, just moving the puck around. Just n- no one was doing anything. Like, he's playing Barry Trotz speed, and everyone around them is playing, I don't want to be here speed. And it just it, it didn't work. It just didn't work. No, even, um, what's his name? Pasternak said he wanted no part of him out there on the ice. That's right. And even Nathan McKinnon had some good things to say about Barzell yep. uh, post-game. So, like, Barzell was putting on a show, and he was putting his best foot forward. Which is great, not only for Matthew Barzell, the player, but great for the New York Islanders as a franchise because their ambassador gave two hoots about the game and was a personality and not some like bleep blop robot just kind of showing up and doing something. I am here for my league mandated appearance. Hello, I represent looks down New York Islanders bleep blop bloop like uh, at least he had a, a pulse and he was doing something. My favorite, going a little bit off track here, but my favorite Barzell All-Star game moment isn't even from this year. It's uh, last year when uh, I think it was Brent Burns' son uh, was sitting next to him on the ice during the skills competition, and like they were just passing the puck back and forth, playing around. Mm, that's a good. That's a good visual. Except for you're like, hey, hey, don't don't get too comfortable, Maddie. You're not going out west, all right? Just just don't get too comfortable with Burnsy's kids. Oh no! Of course, I just I just like him showing a bit of a personality, which the other guy you hinted at does not do that. You're absolutely correct. I immediately went dark side. You went positive side. So, good job by you, Mitch. It's sad, but I, we have to talk about it. We talked a little bit about it on the Patreon, which we you didn't think we were going to go an episode without plugging that, right? So, Patreon.com/slash Eyes on Isles. We did a uh, All Star Game recap on Sunday. After the game. And uh, it's sad when the biggest memory from that game now, what, four days later, was the, I don't even know, halftime performance is the right word for it, but the musical performance, I guess? Yes, you're right. That's a a better way because it wasn't halftime, but you're right. The musical performance. Yes. So uh, Green Day performed and uh, we both came to the conclusion that's very on brand for the NHL. Yeah, they they didn't realize what they were getting out of their performer, uh, even though it was a twenty years too late type of performance. Uh, although, with that being said, they did use the f bomb three times, so that, that that was worth something. Mitch, I look forward to uh, Sugar Ray's performance next year. <laughs> I think that'll really 
fit in 2021. What happens if they want to go retro? Like, do they get like go all the way to the 70s? Like, here's a turn from the century, the Roaring Twenties, and it's like some really old guy coming out there. Well, that's 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 retro for the NHL. Uh, it was it, look. I, I liked Green Day. I, I still like Green Day. I don't really care for their new stuff because I don't know who does really. Um, and and if you do, it's fine. It, it's, music is subjective. But they're not the, the most, they, an A-list band. It's A-list for the NHL, though. Like, again, they had Kid Rock just last year, so. That's, that's what I up. mean. That's what I mean. In 2019, they had Kid Rock. 2020, you have Green Day. It's like, are they stuck at the turn of the century? I don't understand. And I like both those guys, like, to an extent on Kid Rock. But I really like Green Day. Uh, but that's, it's just, I, I don't understand what they're trying to do. I guess I do. I take that back because they're trying to appeal to guys like me and you where I think they should be like, I don't know, get with the times a little bit more. Maybe do something that's like relevant in 2020 instead of relevant in 2000. Yeah, they're just too scared. They're really scared of of current artists because they go like, well, what are you going to bring to the table? Are you going to start saying some things that we don't want you to say on air? P.S. Green Day did that anyway. (laughs) Green Day played American Idiot. I don't know. What do you mean? It's true. (laughs) They also cussed. They cussed or cursed or whatever you want to call it. So there's that. I imagine by 2030, they will have the killers. <laughs> Great. When they've done the show in Vegas for the last 10 years. Fantastic. I, I don't know. I just wish that. I don't know. To me, it seems like the NHL just decided to pick something that was I'm using the word safe in like air quotes here. But realistically, it's kind of it's not when you look at the substance of what Green Day's putting out. Recently, no, you're right, but it, it's it's safe, it's conservative-ish for the NHL. So this is them getting out of their comfort zone. Just think that, think about that. This is not comfortable for them, and they were they were not rewarded for their pick. Like they're they're going to pick. I don't know who who's next next time around. It's not going to be someone who's going to curse. It's probably going to be a country star. You think so? Where's the All Star Game being played next year? I don't remember. I, I, have they decided? Is it L A? It might be L L A. Twenty twenty one All Star Game NHL. Where is going to be in Florida? Right. Why didn't I think of that? Of course, I already knew that. It's in Miami. So maybe not a country star. That yeah. wouldn't be right. Pitbull. <laughs> Just take whoever the NFL is using for the Super Bowl this year in Miami, which I think is Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. So let me just retread. I feel like that's they're not big. Can, the NHL is not big enough to get those in. Can the NHL afford that? Okay, spin zone. Ricky Martin, <laughs> living La Vida Loca just on repeat. He was big in like the late nineties. It's right on brand for what the NHL's been doing. I remember my mom played the hell out of that CD. The, uh, honest to God, I think that was the first CD that I had. Oof, rough. That's rough <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> anyway, so that's the all-star game for me. It was a thing. <laughs> Let's just yeah, leave it at that. I think and my last point on the all-star game before we move on here, I think it's that we're just getting older and it's not meant to appeal to us anymore. I think all-star festivities is meant for kids. Yeah, it's for kids. It's not for us, and that that's fine. It's, it's also for sponsors, although they're not getting all of the top 
names in the game. Again, they brought Brayden Holpe, and he was terrible. Like, what are you doing? I'm not, this is not necessarily just saying like you had to bring Simeon Varlamov, but like it's clear you did not bring the best guy. There are others you could have brought. Uh, even Corpusalo probably could have been named to yeah. the All Star game, and uh, he was not. So you're like, all right, good job by you guys. Uh, or was he? Wasn't he? He was named. He was, it was he yeah. and Holtby. He had to miss because he got injured. And then Tristan Yari went in, which is, again, a good pick. Um, either way, there's some misses there. They didn't bring their, their A game, and uh, I don't know. It suffered for it. No, it definitely did. Uh, shall we move along to the Islanders now as we pander through that? Yeah, let's, let's go through that. Okay, so what we're going to get into next, since we're at a bit of a break and yeah, we're a little bit past the halfway point. But what I wanted to do was look at player paces at the All-Star break. Usually, that's a good time to, to, to stop and take a look at, okay, it's a big enough sample size for what's happened. And the Islanders have played, what, 49 games? Yeah, 49 games. So what I wanted to do was go through forwards and defense goalies. I mean, their pace is going to remain the same because you know, save percentage and goals against, that's not going to really... I mean, it changes, but not the way that point spaces work and stuff like that. You hope it doesn't. It's it's based on averages, right? So, like, it moves based off what... Anyways, you can't pace it out as well. All right, so w- let's start with forwards. We'll run through quick, and we'll say if we think we're getting enough out of them, if we need more, stuff like that. So, Matt Barzell has... Uh, 17 and 25. 42 points in 49 games. That's a pace of 70 points, 28 goals, 42 assists. We're good. Well, obviously, we could use more from him, but the reason he isn't his pace isn't higher than seventy is because we're not getting enough from everyone else. Like he's on pace for twenty eight goals, which is a good return from a playmaker like Matthew Barzell, and that'll probably go up because he's got a few. He hasn't put in a few in a, in a little bit. Right. Uh, but his career high is twenty two, so we've already upped by six. For him, it's the assists. Forty two is low for him, uh, ish. Of course, we all remember a last bit, year. Yeah. Uh, so it's about the other players on the team not scoring enough to, to help Matthew Barzal, who is a pass-first guy. I'm with you. I don't think in this current situation, I don't think you could ask a lot more out of Matt Barzal. I think he's been fine. That's right. Uh, he can work on stuff, and we'll, we'll talk about Matthew Barzal specifically in the next segment. But like, yeah, in terms of his pace, his pace I, I wouldn't say we need to ask for more. Brock Nelson is next. He's got 38 points, 20 goals, 18 assists in 49 games. That puts him on a pace of 64 points, 33 goals, 31 assists. No, we do not need more from Brock Nelson. Again, obviously, every player here is going to be, yes, we we would love more. um, But this is great from Brock Nelson. He's on pace for another career year in terms of goals. I believe also in terms of assists. Yep. And, and points, and points. So like career year across the board plays on the power play penalty kill and it's like second in terms of penalty kill minutes just does everything he's he is the linchpin uh for the for the islanders it was just crazy to think about if you would have said this to me two years ago i would have looked at you very strangely but uh no you can't ask for any more uh, brock nelson i think he's reached every expectation exceeded even at a 64 point pace that would be phenomenal if he hit 60 plus Absolutely. How much did Kevin Hayes sign for and what's he on pace for? Just keep that in mind. Put that in perspective. Absolutely. Josh Bailey is next. He's got 30 points, 11 goals, 19 assists in 49 games. That's a pace of 50 points, 18 goals, 32 assists. Is it wrong for me to say that we can maybe get more out of him? I said a little bit more. I said that's not, I mean, let's think about it. He's a $5 million cap hit, so... 
looking at it as a, a 50 point guy for five million dollars, you probably sign up for that. But Bailey should probably I said in the higher 50s in points, I'd like to see him finish with. Well, he's on pace for 18 goals. Isn't that a career high for him? He's got a career, I believe, career high is 16, is it not? Yes. So that's good. He's scoring more. That's not a lot. Like anyone out there might say, like, well, he should be scoring 20. Mm, I, I won't I won't debate that. I would like for him to score 20, but he's just never gonna be that guy. So if that's not gonna be his thing, then those assist numbers need to be bumped up a little bit. And at 32, you're going, all right, that's cool. Um, but I, I want to see more. Like I don't want to see him regress to the below fifty mark, specifically because he just signed. Was it last year? Yeah, last year was the first year. So I, I would. I don't want to see the the the, um, the dip start happening yet. I want to get at least two to three years out of him. This would be year two. Uh, I, I want to see more. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like I said, between that fifty-five and sixty-point range, and then you're starting to be pretty happy. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Anders Lee is next. He's got 29 points, 16 goals, 13 assists in 49 games. That's a pace of 49 points, 27 goals, and 22 assists. I think we're both on the, on the same page here with we want, we want more from Lee. Definitely. In, ter- in terms of goals, for sure, uh, you know, he's got he's to hit 30. That's got to be the number. It's got to be. And this is also the caveat of, I believe, over his last five. Like He's got three goals over his last five games and four points over his last five. So we want more, but this is just us taking a specific picture in time and saying, as of today, totality of his output, what is he doing? There was like what, 10 games where he didn't score a goal, I believe, maybe even 12. Yeah, there um, was a long stretch where he really struggled. And like you said, we're looking at the whole first half quote-unquote uh, of the season and projecting it and saying if he finished with this would he be, sa- be satisfied I think 49 points 27 goals no you'd probably want more yeah and, and our our algorithm here is very simple it's not there's no regression stats here this isn't any any kind of fine-tuning algorithm or arithmetic that we're using it's really just kind of simple how many games how many points per game times how many games can he play over the remainder of the season that's it um but i i would say he has to hit the not has to but i would like to see him hit the 30 goal and i think he can really do it uh, and, I, and I would definitely like to see a little, a few more assists. I, w- I want to see him hit 50 points. I really do, at least. Specifically because you got that big extension. You got the eighth year. Yeah, I, I need, I, I need to see a good, a good year this year in year one. The seventh year. Sorry, was it a seventh year? Yeah. Okay, I thought he got all eight. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and check, but I, I thought it was seven for seven. Okay, that could that could very well. We're obviously off by like one. One of us has it wrong. Uh, yeah, you're right. Seven by seven. Seven years, forty nine million. Good job by you for remembering that. Happens. <laughs> uh, so I definitely, obviously, want to see year one be a good one for him. And, and fifty points isn't, or even forty nine, isn't a bad year per se. But he's not taking a step forward, right? No, no, definitely not. And especially if it ended at 27 goals. Yeah, although, again, considering last year, that's a step up. I thought he 28 had 29. goals and 51 points last year. Sorry, not a step up. It's a, it's on, on the level. It hasn't step, necessarily okay. regressed. Gotcha. Okay. But I, I, I don't want to see even lateral. I want to see improvement. No, I'm with you. Definitely with you there. 
Anthony Beauvillier has 29 points also, 13 goals, 16 assists in 49 games. That puts him on pace for 49 points, 22 goals, 27 assists. I, again, want more. I, I would like more, but I, I'm good with Bo. Be, yep. Mainly because I, I want to take year-over-year year incremental growth from him. That's what I want. If, if this is... He now has a foundation as a 50-point player. Great. Next year should be a 55 to 60-point player because the kid's only, what, 22? Yes, he's 22. So, like, he's he's just achieving his peak. Like, I think forwards peak at 24, and they stay in that in that phase till about 29. So we have not hit peak bow yet. No, definitely have not. I, I think if you're getting 45 to 50 points from Bovillier, you got to be pretty happy with that. At $2.1 million for this year and next, yes, sir. Derek Broussard is next. He's got 24 points, 8 goals, 16 assists. He's on pace for 40 points, 13 goals, 27 assists. Yeah, I, I definitely want more from Derek Broussard. Like that, those are good numbers considering last year he had 23 points last year from <laughs> in three teams. He already has more points now. Um, but he's tailed off significantly. Like he put up yes. 15 of those points, more than half in a 12 game sample at the start of the season. That's exactly it. And you wrote about it earlier this week. You said he's basically been ineffective without Brock Nelson or Anthony Beauvillier, and it's true. He can't play third-line center. He can't. Which is what they brought him in for. It's great that they're finding a space for him on the wing. So if they do bring a third-line center, something we'll get to a little bit later in the show, Mm -hmm. uh, you can keep him on the wing on on that second line, and that's great. Uh, But if they don't, they no longer have a third-line center because you can't put him there. He's just not good enough. Unless they bring in another guy, like a top six guy, and you put Bailey down, and maybe that gives him someone to work with, we'll see. But like as it stands now, Broussard cannot carry line three, and that's a problem. So we need more from him. Oh, yeah, 100%. Definitely going to need more out of Broussard. Uh, Jordan Eberle has 24 points, which is seven goals, 17 assists in 39 games, though. Uh, which puts him on pace for 44 points, 13 goals, 31 assists. Do we want to say it all both at the same time? Like, we definitely need more from him. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's the player we need more from, specifically. Like, it's on him. Yeah, I feel like the offense changes if he goes back to being that 55, 60-point player that uh, he should be. Yeah. And he, he's doing relatively well. He has four points over his last five games. So, like, it seems to be stepping up or, or trending. Sorry, not stepping up, but trending in the right direction as we go into the second half of the season, which sucks. I, I really hate the idea that hockey players aren't very good at the first half, but better in the second half. Uh, we heard that argument with Andrew Ladd when we signed him. Yeah, I, I hate that. Jonathan, Tav- or Jonathan, John Tavares was, was just like that, was better in the second half than the first half. Uh, although different type of player, obviously, than Jordan Eberle. Right. Uh, but I hate the idea that they just turn on later on. Like, can you not find a way just doing it at the start, please? Like, what is it? What is it? Can we not just get more out of you, please? Um, but if he's heating up now, great. Then then we should get what we want out of him. Absolutely. Next up is Casey Sezikis. He's got 14, 10 goals, 4 assists in 42 games, which is a pace of 25 points, 18 goals, 7 assists. We We don't. We're good. Again, obviously more would be nice, but like I, I'm good with what Casey... I have no criticism of Casey Zizekas' game. No, you can't criticize him. He's everything you want and more in a fourth-line center. Absolutely. Absolutely. Leo Komarov has 10 points, one goal, nine assists in 30 games, 
which puts him on a rough pace for 21 points, two goals, 19 assists. Uh, yeah, clearly we'd we'd like more from Leo, but what we've seen recently has been pretty darn good. I'm okay with what he's putting out, even if he's doing if he's doing what he does recently or what he's been doing recently, and he puts up only 21 points. I think I'll be okay with it. Yes, I my thing is I'm okay with him on the in a fourth line role, but when he's playing on the third line is when it bothers me. Right, that's fair. You're right, uh, which sucks because Cal Clutterbuck's going to come back at some point. That you took the words out of my mouth. The line I used in the article I wrote was he's fine as a rotational in a rotational role, but hopefully that's reduced when Cal Clutterbuck is healthy. We'll see, because if not, he's going on that third line. Probably. Right? <laughs> Although we don't know when Cal will be back. Like he took a pretty good slash to that wrist. Like it opened a good gash. He's supposed to start skating relatively uh soon. Right, but like skating, that's not contact for sure. No, absolutely not. So we'll see when they start introducing that. And that, that's a big part of his game, so we'll see. Absolutely. Uh, Dow Cole's next, seven points, <clears throat> two goals, five assists, 35 games. That's a pace of 13 points, four goals, nine assists. Yeah, of course we need more. We need a whole heck of a lot more from Michael Dow Cole. A whole heck of a lot more. All I wrote, what I did, a, like a, usually a, a sentence or two on each one of these things. I just wrote "yikes" for Michael Delcol. <laughs> uh, and I know we 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 poo poo him a lot, and we we do, but like fourteen points isn't great for someone who started the year off in the top six. We have to remember he was put on the second line at the start of the season. There were there were big expectations from Michael Delcol, and he did not pan out. He did no. did not. No, uh, I think. Are you good with saying the ex- Eric? I can't even speak. Are you good with saying the experiment has failed? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which sucks because we got pie all over our face, humble pie that is, because they they went out at the beginning of the season saying we're good with what we've got. We think we can get what we need from the guys that we've got, and then they rolled out Michael Del Cole in a top six, and they go, "Whoops, that didn't work." <laughs> God Almighty! Yeah, that didn't last long at all. Uh, Tommy K, top line Tommy. Six points, three goals, three assists in 23 games. I got him on pace for, for roughly 11 points, five goals, six assists. Yeah, that seems fine. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, it is it is what it is. He he does what he does. He'll be tossed in every now and again to give the Islanders a little bit more skating depth on that third line because he's a good skater. Uh, maybe on a fourth line roll if one of the guys have to miss. That's it. He's a 13th forward. Pretty yeah, good 13th and, and a good forward. one at that. Yeah, I'm with you. Matt Martin, six points, three goals, thirty. Uh, geez, three goals, three assists in thirty-seven games, which is a pace of again eleven points, five goals, six assists. Matt, Matt Martin's fine in his role. Absolutely, he's he's great at his role. When he's not there, he and the other two guys aren't there. It's chaos. The others have no idea what to do with themselves. Ross Johnston has four points, three goals, one assist in twenty-eight games. I have him on a rough estimate pace of seven points, five goals, two assists. Yeah, I guess no. I don't. I, I would love to have more from him, but I, I don't think it's possible. No, he's a human battering ram on skates. I don't know what else you could expect from him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's get on over to the defense. So Ryan Pulak's got twenty four points, six goals, eighteen assists in forty nine games. That's a pace of forty points, ten goals, thirty assists. I would ideally like to get more than forty points out of Ryan Pulak. Uh, 
but I also have to understand that myself, I'm saying this to myself, mm-hmm. uh, that Adam Pellick is there and he's having to learn a different role now, essentially, to play with Nick, uh, Nick Letty, right. uh, where Ryan Pulak was the guy that went forward and did most of the attacking, uh, but now it's, it's Nick Letty that does that. So if he puts up still 40 points while having that transition midway through the season, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, I, I think I'd ideally like that number to be towards the mid-40s, but I'm okay with a 40-point Ryan Pulak. Yeah, like I, I think when we, we look at his stat sheet like in a couple of years from now, we'll see that this this period, maybe he may be less than 40, and it'll look like a dip, because did, didn't he put up 42 last year? No, I think so 36. Like, was it that little? Oh, my God. No, I, I have think, to bring it up now. Was it 46? I, I think it was in the 30s. Here is... Oh, my God. Yeah, so 37 last year. It's off by one. There you go. So, yeah, so if he does 40, then I guess it's a step up. I, I For some reason, I thought he had 42 or 44. First, I don't know why. Either way, uh, I think you will see an even a, a higher jump next year is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Because I think when Adam Pellick is healthy, you'll have a Ryan Pulak who's doing what he does best more frequently than what he's doing now. I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah, so. Devontae is next. He's got 18 points, four goals, 14 assists in 49 games. That puts him on pace for 30 points, seven goals, 23 assists. Uh, So long as he stops doing that stupid bird thing, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay. Again, maybe another five points on that, but... Sure. Uh, I'm sure he gets he, he could get there quite easily. I, I'm not looking for more. I'm looking for him to be more stable because his, his issue yeah. for me is he's he's got these games where he can put up three points, uh, but he also has the games where he can get up, lose or concede four goals. You're like, all right, well, great, but I would like you to be a little bit more solid in your own end. Yeah, inconsistent, definitely. I've noticed that too. Uh, Nick Letty's also got 18 points, three goals, 15 assists in 41 games, though. So his point pace is a little bit higher, 32 points, five goals, 27 assists. I, I think we'll see more from Nick Letty. I, I would like more, and I think we see more because he's jumping up from effectively playing on the third pairing to playing on the top pair, number one attacking defenseman. Right. I, I'm i kind of happy with what we've seen from Letty, though. I think he's been better this year than he has the last two. I think so, yeah. I uh, I think he's getting more comfortable with, with his surrounding that he's in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see in the second half, I think we'll see a, a, a vintage Nick Letty performance, I, I think. I would hope so. That'd be really cool. Yes, it would. Scott Mayfield's next. He got thir- he has 13 points, uh, five goals, eight assists in 48 games, a pace of 22 points, eight goals, 14 assists. I mean, that seems right up Scott Mayfield's alley, right? Isn't he already on a career year? I feel like he's got what was 13 this? points. 19. Sorry, 19 points is what he did last year. So he's on pace for a career year. Yeah, he's six points off his what he did last season in 79 games. And he's already played like half of those. So, well, a little bit over half. Uh, so I, I'm fine with what Scott Mayfield's doing. And, and the measure of success for Scott Mayfield isn't necessarily going to be the points that he puts up, it's going to be how solid defensively we are. Absolutely. Boychuk is up next, 10 points, two goals, eight assists in 48 games, pace of 17 points. All I want to see from Johnny Boychuk is playing as many games as possible. He's missed one so far. If he can keep that up, I'll be happy. 
Absolutely, I'm with you. I think Boychuk's been fine in that third pairing role. Yeah, even if he misses ten games, I'm okay. Yeah, if he's giving you seventy two games, I think you're happy for sure. Exactly. Noah Dobson is up. Noah Dobson is up next. He's got five points, one goal, four assists in twenty two games. Rough pace of fifteen points, three goals, twelve assists. I think that number will go up a little bit with the more playing time. Yeah, I, that that's just it, right? Like we're seeing him playing like he was playing so infrequently before that it's hard to just get on 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 any sort of momentum underneath him. And now that he's playing every night, I think he gets he gets more comfortable. He gets more ice time with more ice time, more opportunity, and he's a good defenseman. And he's good. He's got a good offensive mind as well. So I, th- I think he'll, we'll see more numbers. But again, for him, just like Scott Mayfield, I don't think the measure of success is going to be on the points column. It's going to be just, you can even just look at plus minus if you want something more digestible, but it's just how comfortable he's going to be. Is he going to be a negative for us? Or is he going to be a positive? Yep. I, I think that's, I think that's fair. A fair question. I hope it's a positive. I would I would be hard pressed to think it's going to be a negative. I, I can't I can't see this kid being a negative. You never know, right? Like he, bad tendencies can can creep up. Joshua Sang is a great player, but clearly not a positive for the Islanders. No, clearly not. So that that was the point pace thing that I had. Just wanted to go through, say what everyone is on pace for and stuff like that. Just look at where we're trending is ideally what we're looking at. So, right, we're, we're halfway or over halfway of the season. What are we trending in terms of production, in terms of player performance on a micro level? Uh, and it, it, this is a good way of looking at it because fair or not fair, you judge a player's success based off of how many points he puts up. So I, th- I think this is a fair exercise to do to essentially give everyone a grade, yeah, either pass I, or fail. Pretty much. Pretty much. So with that, when we come back, what we're going to do, we're going to get into Matt Barzell and his reaction to being benched in the Islanders' final game before the All-Star break. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson, and we are getting into Matt Barzell and his reaction to the benching. And all things considered, Mitch, I think he handled it pretty well. It was much ado about nothing. It was a deal, right? Like, he gets benched for the entire third period. Barry Trotz hasn't done that to anyone. Not not that severe, anyways, um, since he got here. And, and this was their big star. But, he, you know, he, all he said was, ah, I was in the wrong. I did something dumb. My coach punished me for it because I'm, I've been doing too many dumb things. Yeah, I like that reaction. I mean, he's still a young kid, so I worry sometimes about answers in those types of situations. But... I don't think you could really handle it any better than what he did. No, and we also have to remember the Islanders were up by the time of his benching three nothing, and then went up four nothing against the Rangers, leading into a break. He didn't necessarily need to play him. Like when they were up by that much against the Detroit Red Wings, he didn't play his fourth line. That's why Tom Kunako led the team on ice time against the Red Wings. That's right. Um, so he didn't need to. So it's a perfect opportunity to do that. Uh, even though they went down like two goals, he just he still didn't really need to do it. Message received. Matthew Barzell needs to stop doing dumb things. That's it. Yeah, honestly, it's as simple as that. And he, I think, will learn from it. I don't think this is something that's going to bother him the rest of the year. I don't think he's going to hold it against Barry Trotz. He seemed to be like, yep, yeah, I made the mistake. And, you know, that's on me. I'm going to fix it. And we're lucky to have Barry here. But Matt, will he hold it against the organization and leave for Seattle? 
Uh, I think he wants nothing more than be a Seattle Kraken. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But like do, I, the point I'm trying to bring up is like, does this have any potential fallout for the organization? Is he going to no. want out now no. because he was benched for the third period once? Come on. No. I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, of course he's not going to like it. I, no one does. No, you but talk like, to. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, when you're growing up, did you like getting punished? No, no, of course not. That's why my kids lie to me now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but like, talk to Brock Nelson. Remember at the start of the season, I think it was like it was against Edmonton, so October eighth. I only remember that because I I was gonna write about it. But he got benched that game too. It wasn't a full period, but he got benched ten minutes. Think about that. That this did, is yeah. literally the most important player for the New York Islanders getting benched. You can say what you want about Matthew Barzell, but the most important player for them is Brock Nelson because of he plays in all situations. He did not hit the ice for ten minutes in the second period against the the, um, the Edmonton Oilers after they had scored their third goal. He just didn't get back on the ice. Um, that's Brock Nelson. Don't is he going to leave? Obviously, he signed a contract, but he could still ask for to to, to go, and that's not going to happen. He's perfectly fine. If you learn from your mistakes, things work themselves out in a positive way. And I would imagine the same thing happens for Matthew Barzell. Oh, 100%. I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. Why wouldn't it? It's, it's again, much ado about nothing. It's dramatic. It, it is. So, like, there, there's something there, but it's not like, oh, my God, he's going to leave tomorrow. No, yeah, yeah. Uh... That would be insane. If he does, then good. If that's what it took, you have a small constitution and just see you later, my friend. I, I, we, don't, we do not need that. But that's clearly not the case here. No, it's not. It's definitely not. Uh, anything else on Matt Barzell? We'll get to it later with the whole Seattle business, but like that was, that was insane. Um, anyways, yeah, no, nothing else. Okay. So next up, what we wanted to do is take a look at Arthur Staples' trade bait list. I know, I know, another week with another trade conversation, but the uh, trade deadline is just about four weeks away, so it's going to be a big topic for us. And uh, what we wanted to do is go through. There's a lot of guys on these lists. I don't think we have to hit everyone, Mitch, but how about just pick out some that stuck out to you? Um, so the, the clear theme throughout the 20 names is that the Islanders are looking for Ford and they're looking for defensemen. So basically two of the three positions. Yeah. Um, but specifically when it comes to fours, there's a little bit more nuance there because they seem to be all over the board where they have depth forwards, they have centers, uh, and they have as close to top tier forwards as possible. There isn't, there aren't really any available. So like whoever's out there in terms of big names, the Islanders seem to be attached to. Um, to me, the, the the big three for me are Jean Gabriel Peugeot, okay, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, and uh, oh God, uh, Kevin LeBanc. And I'm, I'm not saying the three are like the most interesting for me and the ones that I want to go for because obviously Ilya Kovalchuk is on this list. Uh, but the three that really stick out to me for reasons are those three. Okay, let's hear them. Um, so you got Jean Gabriel Peugeot, uh, who. It seems here that the, what the cost, the projected cost, was apparently a second and end prospect. So, what, like the, the, what's proposed here is second and Bodzuk. Samuel Bodzuk is someone that the Islanders drafted in the second round in 2019 mm-hmm. and is killing it in, in the QMJHL right now. Uh, if that gets it done for one year, Jean Gabriel Peugeot, I'm not really batting an eyelash at it. No, that seems fine to me. Yes, but what we heard today is that it's probably going to be a first. Yeah, it probably would be a first. I t- I think I would still do it. 
I think I would. Would you do any any first, or would you do a conditional first? So uh, he, conditional, but I, I mean, ideally a conditional, yeah. Right, because that's what this is all based on. Again, on another art, athletic article, but it's Pierre Lebrun uh, saying that what's being banned, not, maybe not bandied about, but what, what makes sense from the Edmonton Oilers' perspective, and he later said that that would also make sense for the Islanders, is that the Oilers give up their first, but condition it based off them winning the Western Conference. For the Islanders, that would be the Eastern Conference, obviously. Uh, no, sorry, not winning, but making the Eastern Conference final. And so if they do that, that means that first overall pick would become like at, at worst 28th overall. Are you really losing any sleep over losing your 28th overall pick? You know, it's it's probably a, a Josh Hosang or an Anthony Beauvillier, which, you know, could help, but it could also not be either, either one of those guys. Right. I I would, because I think at that point, if you got, if you put yourself in a position to be in the final four teams based off of this trade, I think you sign up for that. I'm not saying outcome aside, whether you win the Stanley Cup, lose the Stanley Cup, lose in the Eastern Conference final. There's only three scenarios left at that point. But I, I think if you were to say right now <clears throat> that if you would you give up your first round pick to get into at minimum the Eastern Conference final this year? I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I would do that. I would take my chances as one of the final four teams. I would also do that. I, I would I would definitely do that. Now, if it's a rental with no guarantee of signing, I'm thinking uh, I'm giving a little bit extra thought. But at some point, you have to, right? You have to pull the trigger at some point, right? Because then, at the same time, you just get into the prospect hugging phase, where it's just you just wait and wait and wait and wait, and you don't really push yourself over the edge, where you're just kind of like, hey, we'll hang around being like a borderline playoff team for half a decade, and then have to do this again. <laughs> You just start hoarding prospects and then eventually you find dead cats underneath and you're like, oh, I've had these guys here so long that they're not really doing anything for me anymore. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that, precisely, yes. So um, so there's that with Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Uh, next on, on my list, anyways, was Kovalchuk. In terms of players that stand out, okay. um, they're saying the projected cost is a fourth overall pick. Or Sorry, not fourth overall. My fourth God. Round. Fourth round pick. Uh would you do it? Fourth round pick for Ilya Kovalchuk, who's playing at a point per game pace right now. Keep in mind, pace of only like eight games or something. I guess. I I mean, I don't think it could hurt. If it's a fourth round pick, yeah, I I I might. I think about it, but like this is I I'm at the end of the deadline and that like eleventh hour, and I have to do. I, I feel like I have to do something. I, I might. This this sounds like a panic move to me. It does, but the. It, that would be better than nothing in my eyes. Sure. Yeah, it's a panic move where you're bringing something in saying, like, I did something, I brought something in. It just doesn't strike me as, as a loose thing to do a panic move. True. Well, I mean, if you want to think about it like this, the Islanders gave up a third-round pick to get Brandon Davidson for, like, 16 <laughs> games. <laughs> True. So if they're getting at least a point-per-game player, ideally, then that's something. Yeah, I think I would take a flyer on a fourth-round pick. If, like, wor- worst-case scenario, option Z, then yeah. Yeah, and, and Lou knows the guy. So, And last one is Kevin LeBanc. For obvious reasons, you got a guy who's like 23 years old, who's having a bad year, who was really good last year, uh, <clears throat> looking to get out of town. You, you might have to give up a first, but I, I would give up a first unconditional for this guy. I would do it. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would too. Big, just because he's young, he's controllable, and I, I think he could bounce back. Yeah, and lots of potential, so absolutely. I'm with you on there. The only other one that I would throw in uh, is Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, that's fair. 
just because I think he would make I think he'd make a big difference. Right. Yeah, he could add him to the top six and maybe he does something. I just worry that we're getting another like Anthony Beauvillier in a couple of years. And it's it's a good piece to have, but does that push you over the edge? For the cost. Right? That's my only worry. It it obviously depends on the cost, but if it's like a second and someone worse than Samuel Budzik, like Parker Wertherspoon, all right, fine. Yeah, I do it. Is he that much different than J.G. Pajot, though? Uh, Definitely, yeah. He's not great at killing penalties. Uh, He's not a center. Uh, He scores more goals than than Pajot does. Uh, But but Pajot's just all around, like a 200-foot player, can anchor that third line on his own. Uh, and can, can do do a job on the penalty kill. So, yeah. I feel like my uh, combat to that would be that you could put Toffoli next to Barzell where Pajot would be playing on a third line with probably uh, Dow Cole and Bersard, maybe. You're absolutely right. Like, can he play with better players? Yes. So so can Pajot, but you're right. Pajot is, is a center and you don't you don't bring him in so you can put him on the wing. Yeah. So, um, there's a name that isn't on this list that, that may not actually be available, but I, I think could be. I, and we saw him at the All-Star game in Thomas Hurdle. I like it. I like it. Like, we, we, have to, we have to be calling Doug Wilson and be like, what do you want? What do you want? You want Kiefer in a first? Kiefer in a first and Samuel Budzik? I'd think about it. I would definitely think about it. Yeah, of course. I, actually, He's got... I, would, I would do it. I would definitely do it. How much term does he have left? Four years, I believe, at... I'm going to say it's five and change, but it could be six. I get him and, and Timo Meyer mixed up. Yeah, it's either I, five seven five or six million flat. I'm pretty sure, right? I think you're right at the six million flat for like another four years. I'm just bringing it up now here. Okay. Uh, my internet's just a little slow. Uh, Thomas Hurdle five six two five for the next th- two years after this, actually. So, not a whole long, whole while longer. Nope, I'd still do it though. Yeah. So you get. Two and a half ish, two and a half ish years out of him for a first in Bellows. I would do that, and and maybe longer, right? Maybe he just wants to stay. Who knows? You worry about that in two and a half years. You just open yourself a nice three year window. Yeah, or, or I, I would like Timo Meyer, but I think they keep him. He's only twenty three and he's locked up for the next four years. So I'm with you, and, and an RFA after that. So I'm with you. Anything else on Arthur Staples list? Love it, Arthur. Keep it, keep it up. <laughs> More lists, please. More names. Like, keep digging in and add to this list, please. Give us a 2.0 soon. Absolutely. So, with that, want to get into the quiz? Let's do it. It is the 128th edition of the Eyes on Owls podcast, and with that, we have our own player edition, and it is the Jason Krog edition, who played 28 games for the New York Islanders. Matt, okay. I will ask you three questions on Jason. Here we go. Question number one. What position did Jason Krog play? Sounds like your standard left winger. Center. He was a center. Okay. How many points did he score in those 28 games for the New York Islanders? Six. Oh, incorrecto. He scored two goals, seven assists for nine points over those 28 games played. Question number three. He was nearly a point-per-game player in the 2001-2002 season for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. What did he help them achieve that season? 
Yeah, it went from real easy to real hard to real quick. The championship? Oh, <laughs> well, they didn't win, but they went to the finals that year. Okay, I was kind of close, I guess. Yeah, you were. That's why I went, oh, oh, oh like my Frenchie came out. Because, um, yeah, that, they went to the final. They lost to the Chicago Wolves that year. Okay. But, uh, yeah, he had 61 points in 63 games, I believe, that season for Bridgeport. And scored 23 points in 20 playoff games for them. That's pretty impressive. That's a nice playoff run. Very nice playoff run. Unfortunately, it could not materialize in the NHL, so I'm right for her. No, but uh, hey, sometimes not many make it to the AHL, so. That's true. So that's all you need to know about Jay. Well, I'm sure there's more to him. I'm sure he's a very complex and full individual with a full life. Uh, so Jason Krog, 20 games to the New York Islanders. There you go. Absolutely. There we go. Thank you for informing me more on him. It was a nice learning experience. Mitch, when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We're talking things trending on Isles Twitter. Mitch, what do you got for us? So the first one is something that, that came across, uh, I'm going to say my desk, because I, I, I literally have a desk here, uh, and it's from Brandon Murphy. It's not Isles related. Okay. And it says, if you could bring back any former NHL player in his prime to play in the NHL today, who would you pick? And before you answer, I'll give you my three picks. Okay. I picked uh, Mike Bossy because who doesn't want to see someone score a bucket load of goals all the time, every time? Third was, or second was Pavel Burry because speed kills in today's game, and that's the Russian rocket was all about that. Absolutely. And then you have Mario Lemieux for me uh, because he'd be wildly dominant in today's game where defenders can't literally hang on to him. Like there, <laughs> there are there are clips of players like hooking him and just holding on for the ride. Yeah, he was something else to watch, man. I, and still put up nearly 200 points in a season. 199. Unbelievable. Crazy. That's, uh, that's a good one. My answer, I, first one that came to mind for me was Mike Bossy, for yep. sure. Just because he would fill the, a really big need on the side of his team. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's that's cool. Oh man, point seven six goals per game, incredible. One hundred percent. That would that would be my answer, though. I think is Mike Bossy. Yeah, it, it would. Obviously, as Islanders fans are a little bit biased, but it was it'd be one of the three, like Bossy, uh, Trottier, because how dominant would he be in today's game? Just True. he's not a big guy, but like again, does everything right. And Denny Podvane, like oh my god, again a guy that does everything right. You would love to see those guys play. One hundred percent. I would like to see that on this team. Uh, for me, my first one is a uh, birthday shout out. So today is Thomas Grice's birthday. So I just wanted to say happy birthday to him. Big part of this Islanders team now since really the 2015-16 season. And what he was able to do for this team in the playoffs between him and John Tavares. If, if those two guys aren't playing, they're not getting out of the first round. That's true. It was a big performance by them. Uh, how about Adam Quine or Adam Quine? Alan Quine scoring in double overtime. Come on, Matt. The fact that Give him some love. The fact that you call them Adam Quines is everything you need to know about why he doesn't deserve that love. He was playing to be top, fair. That, he was playing top line minutes. That's all you need to know about that series. Was it that season or the next one? Doesn't matter. One it was of them. that one. It was that one. Yeah, in the playoffs, he, he was playing top line minutes. Right. Oh, I forget about that. Oh God. Uh, okay. So uh, what? The last? Maybe not the last one. There's two more I have here, but I know you'll get to the other one. Uh, is is about this whole um, Brett Sergalis thing where he mentions Matthew Barzell would love to play for Seattle. Where the hell did he come up with that? I'm not sure. I don't. Like, I don't understand that logic at all. 
it's not only that he thinks that Matthew Barzell would be a good fit because he enjoyed his time in Seattle. It's that he believes that Matthew Barzell wants to play there. Uh, okay. Like, I, I get he played his junior there. And he was inc- like wildly successful, successful for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, but why would he willingly go to... Because uh, his whole thing is that, Sir Gallus, is that the Islanders would effectively allow the Seattle expansion franchise to draft Barzal in the expansion draft. That's with, with some sort of trade. What, how? How? What, what are they giving us that, 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 that will equate to Matthew Barzal? That's what I mean. They only have future draft assets. That's it. They, they could. They, 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 I assume, based off of the rules from the Vegas draft, uh, be allowed to sign any unprotected UFAs and RFAs. Uh, they'd, they'd have an exclusive 48-hour window to do so, but, but Vegas did not sign one, so I would be surprised if, you know, they, they being Seattle, would find themselves in that situation. No, probably not. So then it gets to exactly what you just said. They're going to give us their first-round pick for the next five years? Awesome. That really works now that the Islanders' window is open. I, I understand the draft is next season, but, like, the window is still open. That core that they just signed, signed five to longer year extensions. Like, yeah, why Barzal, would you do that? Barzal would be 25 at the time of that expansion draft. I don't, you want him on the team. Yeah, right in his prime. Ah, we're good. Send him to Seattle. What are you talking about? Unbelievable. Next one for me, Mitch. I hope this is the one that you were hinting at. I, I, I don't know, but uh, okay. it is a picture from the NHL All-Star game. And it is not. Okay, good job. It is Matt Barzal with... Pam Beasley. Who's Pam Beasley? Uh, oh, from the office. I don't really watch The Office. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, Jenna Fisher is the actor. Yeah. Name. Now you said that Actress I would include in, but like, yeah, I, I, that took me a while. Because I was blog tweeted Barzy and Beasley, and it's just the two of them together, and it's my two favorite people: one real, one fictional. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I don't really watch The Office. Sorry. I've been in a big Parks and Rec kick recently. Not as good as The Office. Really? Okay. Uh, anyways, I don't know. I, I, I've plowed through four seasons already. I'm at like halfway through the fifth season of Parks and Rec, and I started last week. Oh, wow. I have too much, I have too much time on my hands. Good for you, man. Um, my last one is about Sorokin, because the KHL tweeted that he had his 55th career shutout the other day. Oh, okay. And that brings him to an 18% shutout ratio. That's wild. So nearly 20% of his career KHL games, he shuts out the opposition. That is, that's nuts. That's insane. That's insane. Of course, it's the KHL and it's not the NHL, but like, we've got to get this kid over like today, please. I'm I'm with you. I got to figure something out to get this guy to be here next year. He's worth a look. I understand like, we don't know what he's actually going to be, but it's worth a shot. It's worth it. Yeah, no, you have to. It, it, it it's got to be him and Varlamov as the goalie p- pair next year, right? Absolutely. All I'm saying is that you have to know that it that it won't work before, like definitively know it won't work before you give up on this kid. Yeah, he, there's too much talent and too many crazy wild numbers not to. You have to give it a try. You have to. Uh, last one for me is uh, this one was going around the hockey Twitter. It goes around the once every year. Uh, hashtag Bell Let's Talk. So mm-hmm. it's Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, and basically, it, it's if you tweet with that hashtag, uh, it, Bell donates five cents for every tweet with that hashtag, I'm pretty sure, right? That is correct. Five cents Canadian. 
I don't know what the conversion is. Not a lot American. <laughs> okay, well, does it? It's something. It's something. There's a lot of tweets going around. Oh, there's something. Yeah, there's tons and tons and tons of tweets going around, but uh, it's about ending the stigma against mental health, and you know the NHL community does a lot. Uh, for this, and it's a great cause, and I just think with you know Robin Leonard around last year and stuff like that, it kind of really puts things into perspective. Yeah, it's about like you said, ending the stigma, but it's a really about uh, about putting in front of everyone's face, and like if you have something to say or if you feel like you need to talk, go and talk. I, I'm taking the initiative, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to reach out to my. I, I still do work for the Canada Revenue Agency here, and I'm going to go and hit up their EAP, their Employee uh, Assistant Program. Because I feel I get real, like way too heated, way too quick, and I have maybe some anger issues that I have to sort out. So I really need to speak to someone about that, and not just kind of like dump it on my wife and my family. Like they shouldn't have to deal with that. So I'm I'm going to take that and take it to heart and and reach out to someone, to a professional, to to seek some some sort of assistance. Because why not? What do Absolutely. I have to lose? It's just like if you have an issue with your knee. If your knee is not feeling right, then you go to the doctor. You get it looked at. You get it checked. Same thing with whether it's that I have I've been outspoken about it on Twitter. At least I've had my issues with anxiety. I got help with that. And, you know, you're not alone if you're listening and you are feeling, you know, it's OK not to be OK is the is the line that everyone goes to. And if you need it, reach out for the help. I think that's the point that we want to get across. That's the whole point of the Bell Let's Talk is if you need help, there's someone out there that's willing to help you reach out for it. And you're definitely not alone. You'd be surprised how many people are going through the same exact thing that you are. Exactly. Anything else, Mitch? No, ends on a pretty good note. I, I'm I'm really excited for for myself seeking some sort of help. Because um, I not that I I definitely need it, but I I could use it. Why not? Right? Like it can't hurt. I, I get way too mad, way too quick, way too quick. And while it might be good content for the podcast, we want to make sure that everything is good for you, Mitch. <laughs> Yes, of course. Yes. So let's get some plugs in here before we go. Uh, Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Subscribe. $5 a month gets you a post-game show for every single Islanders game. It gets you a mailbag, which we're going to record just after we finish recording this. And it gets you a newsletter and a nice community of Islanders fans. It, real community vibes there. So if that's something you're interested, check that out. We're also, wherever you're listening to this show, please make sure to uh, subscribe. Give us a rating and review. That would really help us out a lot. Uh, you could also download our app, the Eyes on Isles app for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website, eyesoniles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And, of course, follow along with us on social media, Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch is at TLO Mitch. And you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Mitch, episode number 128 in the books. I'm excited to have Islanders hockey back next week, though. Bring it on. I, I need I need more hockey. I'm watching other teams play. Like, I watched Buffalo last night. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.